In the name of one God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Well, good morning and Merry Christmas. I have bad news, but good news as well to share with you this morning. I don't know if you saw the news last night as Santa was trying to deliver all of his presents across the world. He did not make it. He tried to deliver presents to Church of Our Savior, and the alarm went off, and Santa was arrested. So, just joking, just joking. Santa made it across the world. And as we were arriving this morning, sometimes things don't go the way that you expect. And we had a little fun with the alarm, but we are here to gather into worship this morning. And I was going to start the actual sermon this morning by saying you may have a preconceived notion that the family of priests are well-behaved, all little children, And I am here to tell you, I don't know, I can't speak for Joe's family, but for my family, we had Christmas yesterday morning, and yes, it was fantastic, and, but there was, there came a point in the opening of our presence where we realized the Moore family as well deeply needs our Savior, Jesus Christ. We need his grace and mercy, and I'll tell you what I'm talking about. It was euphoric. We were, uh, you know, we've been... We wrapped presents late two nights ago, and then we woke up yesterday morning as our family has a tradition on Christmas, uh, Christmas Eve morning to open some small gifts, and then this morning Santa Claus came. But in those gifts were the grandparents' gifts, which came. And of course, our grandparents like to spoil our children, so they sent gigantic boxes that it took a whole lot of paper to wrap. And you see... The boys walk in. They're not. They're two and four. My two children, and you see them walk in and see those gigantic gifts, and their eyes get very big. They're in their Santa Claus PJs, and we commenced on opening those big gifts. And of course, both sets of our grandparents wanted to see videos of them opening up the gifts. So at first, my four-year-old goes to his gift. He rips it open to peek inside, and just the joy. As he saw, it was a great big remote control excavator from his grandparents. He started jumping up and down, doing some kind of a touchdown dance, and it was just, it's what you like to see when somebody receives this gift. And the the two-year-old Gabriel doesn't really know what's going on, so he sees his brother celebrating, and he just starts doing it too. And I'm like, this, this is what Christmas is, is supposed to be, what we think it should be. Then the pandemonium ensued. Gabriel would go to open his gift. And the four-year-old was looking at his and playing with his new gift, but then he looks over and see what Gabe got. And he decided, I don't want that excavator anymore. I want my brother's gift. And that, that joy, that bouncing up and down like that, turned into jealousy, fighting between a gift, mom being the one separating them, and me filming, <laughs> going, what? It, it was going so well. What just happened? 
This is an excellent real life, and I have the video if you don't believe it, that it happens. This is an excellent illustration to show us what the Gospel of John told us this morning. And I want to set it up this way. I'm going to ask you to use your minds a little bit. Imagine right here, we have a great big Christmas tree that is decorated to the nines, much like they have done with the flowers and wreaths in here. And it just adds to the overall aesthetic that there's a giant Christmas tree with three elegantly wrapped presents underneath it. Now imagine, as is probably you've seen in many families, in my family, one of the elder men becomes Santa Claus. And as the family is receiving their gifts it'll, to, to make it last a little longer, one will go over and pick up that gift and hand it to who it is for. Imagine that is happening this morning. Someone goes over to that Christmas tree, picks up one of those three gifts, and hands it to you. You do your best opening it, seeing who it's from, maybe reading the card. And as you open the box of that first gift under our tree, it says life. That is the first gift God has given us that we see in our Gospel of John. Not just your life, the air that you breathe, the person that you are, but all of creation is given to us from God as a great gift. That is our first Merry Christmas this morning as we open that first package. But then we hear that's God in the high divine as in the creator role. And then we hear the beauty of the actual Christmas message. As God would step down as a baby in a manger from that high created role. I'll tell you a little bit about myself I used to have, a long time ago when I was trying to answer, answer the question, what do I want to be when I grow up? One of those things I actually tried for a little bit of time and learned quickly it was not going to come to, into being was I thought I could be a professional musician. And I, try, I, I can carry a tune and sing a little bit and play some drums, but I would try, and I was in some praise bands and, and jamming with people and really enjoying that and thought, hey, I might be good enough to do this uh, on a regular basis and maybe make some money on it. And the closest I ever got was being a roadie. I would actually tune the guitars and set up stages for a brief amount of time for people like the Indigo Girls, for Jason Aldean. I got to be the one that tuned their guitars, made sure everything was ready, never making it to that level that I hoped I would. And this is where I learned one of the trade secrets of actually being a professional artist of many different types. Have you ever heard of the Green Room? What the green room is, it's a special room just for those professional artists where they hang out and prepare to come out on stage. And it is a room of great privilege just for being one of these artists. I mean, you, I got to sneak into one of those as, as a roadie, and I got to see, I mean, there's any drink, both adult drinks or soft drinks that they want they ask for and they have as much as they could ever want. They could make a request as crazy as, we want just the red gummy bears. Not the whole thing, just the red. The green room is 
filled with all these things of privilege just to tell the artist how great you are and go have a great show. I think the Christmas message is just like the green room. God, as we talked about that gift of the creator role, is way up there looking down, giving us the great gift of our life and of creation. And as we celebrate at the Christmas year, it's as if the artist, whoever it is in that green room, instead of playing, staying in that place of divine privilege, stepped into the flesh. It's as if the artist says, I don't need the green room. I'm going to come out of there and hang out in the long line of people waiting in to get to see the show. This is the beauty and the hope of the Christmas message. God has stepped out of heaven into a child, and that has great implications for all of us. The incarnation, what we celebrate and gather for this morning, means so much to all of us as followers of Christ. Let's go over back to our Christmas tree and pick up that second gift. As we unwrap it, clear the paper a little bit, we see truth. The last line of our gospel that I read this morning said, Jesus came with great truth and with great grace. So let's look at what the gift of truth that comes with Christ is. And there's both good news and bad news, but ultimately met again with good news that comes from truth. If we read a little further down into the next verses, past verse 14 of our Gospel of John this morning, it actually goes back and says, talks about Moses and how with Moses came the law. That law is the truth. You remember that story? He goes up and he gets the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai. He brings those down to the Jewish people. And as he has been up there on that task, he comes down and the people have gone crazy. With their wealth and with their gold, they have made an idol of a calf. And they are worshiping that calf. And as Moses would go have that encounter at the burning bush and bring down the Ten Commandments, the, some of the law, he would come down to see the great pandemonium that was ensuing. And he would be so upset that he would break those tablets. This is part of the truth. In God, we have these rules, the law, prophets, everything that had come. And yet, we as human beings, much like my kids, fighting over those presents, the law was meant to, point, to show us why we desperately need Jesus to come as a baby and to grow up, how he would live his life, the truth that he would teach us in his life, and then ultimately that he would die the death on the cross, and then be resurrected for us. That is part of the truth. I talk about the good that comes from that because it's a way to live. But as we continue into our lives, we realize more and more that we desperately need a Savior. And this leads us to our third and final gift as we head over to our tree. We pick up that gift we unwrap it, and it is that line you already heard. Jesus came with great truth and with great grace. 
This is what the gospel and his death and resurrection offers us is the grace of Christ. And what a gift that is for all of us. As we learn in with that second gift, with the truth, part of that truth is that we live in a broken world and that we indeed are sinners. And the fact that we, we can easily blame others and say it's them that are the sinners, but when we, it's easy as we joke about my, my children as the illustration, joy one minute and fighting over gifts the next, we can say, they're young, they need to learn, but let me bring it to a more adult level of why Jesus coming with truth and grace is such a great gift for us on this Christmas morning. One of the implications of the grace of God, which is given to all of us, a fourth gift, if you will, is forgiveness. With Christ coming with truth and grace, we can receive the great gift of forgiveness. And I'm not just talking about the secular approach of forgiveness, about things being forgotten. Ah, it happened and it affected, and then it's in the past now. I just forgot it. Jesus came as the baby, grew up, died, and was resurrected to absorb all of the sin of the world. The wrath that was ours to pay, he took that upon himself as God, and it was absorbed, forgotten, eliminated. No more Sin transforms us into Christ-likeness, and it gives us peace and freedom. Talk about great gifts. We receive that fruit of having relationship with Christ. Christ coming was the great gift to the world, and the fruit of it we hear. Creation, truth, grace, and the forgiveness that comes from that. Meaning we can be free people in the name of his resurrection. And what freedom. But this is where a little more of that reality of the truth comes in. Is that where it's, we can receive forgiveness, we can also give forgiveness. And sometimes this is a problem I know for some of us, maybe all of us at different times in our lives, there have been things we have done and there have been things done to us which can be unspeakable because of the brokenness and the sin that is in this world. And I don't want to sweep under the rug some of the suffering that happens at the hands of human beings that is born in a human heart and behavior that can destroy and rip down. This is part of the truth, revealing to ourselves that yes, we can be that and we are that as sinners. But because of the incarnation, because of the baby in the manger, and because of what he came to do, we are wiped free from that. And forgiveness, we can forgive ourselves, we can forgive those who have wronged us and this world would be a place. Can you imagine a world where revenge didn't even need to happen? But I know in my own sinful state, 
When someone wrongs me, my very first natural inclination is to fight back, to swing a fist back. But because of what Christ has done, what we celebrate in the incarnation, revenge doesn't even need to be there. And as we know that natural inclination of revenge, we know as adults and not just children our great need for this Savior. This Christmas morning, I hope last night and today, and as the season of Christmas presses on, enjoy your time with your family, with your loved ones. But remember, what we tell our children when they're opening their gifts, it's not about (coughs) those actual gifts. It's about the relationships and family being together. This Christmas season, again, is all about the coming of Christ, being in the presence of Christ, and the implications of that. Remember these gifts this morning, and walk in the power and the life and the hope that they grant you. May you be changed, and may you find great hope in the closing of this year, heading into 2019. And all praise and glory be to our Savior for giving us himself and what that means for all of us. Life is changed.